Hey Defenders, I hope you're enjoying our read aloud of The Tale of Despero. Don't forget you can find your reading response journal at bit.ly forward slash GDPS project journal. And now on to our next two chapters of The Tale of Despero, chapters 32 and 33. Chapter 32, Beware of the Rats. The candlelight on Mig's tray revealed Gregory limping towards her, the thick rope tied around his ankle, his hands outstretched. You, Gregory, presumes, have brought food for the jailer. Gore, said Mig. She took a step backward. Give it here, said Gregory, and he took the tray from Mig and sat down on an overturned kettle that had rolled free from the tower. He balanced the tray on his knees and stared at the covered plate. Gregory assumes that today again there is no soup. Eh? shouted Mig. Soup, shouted Gregory. Illegal, shouted Mig back. Most foolish, muttered Gregory as he lifted the cover off the plate. Too foolish to be born in a world without soup. He picked up a drumstick and put the whole of it in his mouth and chewed and swallowed. Here, said Meg, staring hard at him, you forgot the bones. Not forgotten, chewed. Gore, said Meg, staring at Gregory with respect. You eat the bones. You are most ferocious. Gregory ate another piece of chicken, a wing, bones and all, and then another. Meg watched him admiringly. Someday, she said, moved to suddenly tell this man her deepest wish, I will be a princess. At this pronouncement, Chiroscuro, who was still at Mig's side, did a small, deliberate jig of joy. In the light of the one candle, his dancing shadow was large and fearsome indeed. Gregory sees you, Gregory said to the rat's shadow. Chiroscuro ceased his dance. He moved to hide beneath Mig's skirts. Eh? Should I make? What's that? Nothing, said Gregory. So you aim to be a princess. Well, everyone has a foolish dream. Gregory, for instance, dreams of a world where soup is legal. And that rat, Gregory is sure, has some foolish dream too. If only you knew, whispered Rescuro. What? shouted Mig. Gregory said nothing more. Instead, he reached into his pocket and then held his napkin up to his face and sneezed into it once, twice, three times. Bless you, shouted Mig. Bless you, bless you. Back into the world of light, Gregory whispered, and he balled his napkin up and placed it on the tray. Gregory is done, he said, and he held the tray out to Mig. Done, are you? Then the tray goes back upstairs. Cook says it must. You take the tray to the deep downs. You wait for the old man to eat. Then you bring the tray back up. That's my instructions. Did they instruct you too to beware of the rats? The what? The rats. What about them? Beware of them, shouted Gregory. Right, said Meg. Beware of the rats. Roscuro, hidden beneath Meg's skirts, rubbed his front paws together. Warn her all you like, old man, he whispered. My hour has arrived. The time is now and your rope must break. No nibbling this time, rather a serious chew that will break it in two. Yes, it is all coming clear. Revenge is at hand. Chapter 33, A Rat Who Knows Her Name. Mig had climbed the dungeon stairs and was preparing to open the door to the kitchen when the rat spoke to her. May I detain you for a moment? Mig looked to her left and then to her right. Down here, said Roscuro. Mig looked at the floor. Or she said, but you're a rat, ain't you? And didn't the old man just warn me of such? Beware the rats, he said. She held the tray up higher so the light from the candle shone directly on Roscuro and the golden spoon on his head and the blood-red cloak around his neck. There is no need to panic, none at all, said Roscuro. As he talked, he reached behind his back and, using the handle, raised the soup spoon off his head, much in the manner of a man lifting his hat to a lady. Gore, said Meg, a rat with manners. Yes, said Roscuro. How do you do? My papa had some such cloth like yours, Mr. Rat, said Meg, red like that. He traded me for it. Ah, said Roscuro, and he smiled a large, knowing smile. Did he really? That is a terrible story, a tragic story. 
Reader, if you will pardon me, we must pause for a moment to consider a great and unusual thing, a portentous thing. That great unusual portentous thing is this. Roscuro's voice was pitched perfectly to make its way through the torturous path of Mig's broken down cauliflower ears. That is to say, dear reader, Miggery Sow heard, perfect and true, every single word the rat Roscuro utters. You have known your share of tragedy, said Roscuro to Mig. Perhaps it is time for you to make your acquaintance of triumph and glory. Triumph, said Mig. Glory? Allow me to introduce myself, said Roscuro. I am Chiroscuro. Friends call me Roscuro. And your name is Megary Sow, and it is true, is it not, that most people call you simply Mig. Ain't that a thing, shouted Mig, a rat who knows my name. Miss Megary, my dear, I do not want to appear too forward so early in our acquaintance, but may I inquire, am I right in ascertaining that you have certain aspirations? What do you mean aspirations, shouted Mig. Miss Megary, there is no need to shout, none at all. You can hear me and I can hear you. We are two perfectly suited each to each other. Roscuro smiled again, displaying a mouthful of sharp yellow teeth. Aspirations, my dear, are those things that would make a servant girl wish to be a princess? Gore, agreed Meg. A princess is exactly what I want to be. There is, my dear, a way to make that happen. I believe there is a way to make that dream come true. You mean that I could be the Princess P? Yes, your highness, said Roscuro, and he swept the spoon off his head and bowed deeply at the waist. Yes, your most royal Princess P. Gore, said Mig. May I tell you my plan? May I illustrate for you how we can make your dream of becoming a princess a reality? Yes, said Mig, yes. It begins, said Roscuro, with yours truly and the chewing of a rope. Mig held the tray with one small candle burning bright, and she listened as the rat went on, speaking directly to the wish in her heart. So passionately did Roscuro speak, and so intently that the serving girl listening, that the so intently did the serving girl listen that neither noticed the napkin on the tray when it moved, nor did they hear the small mouse-like noises of disbelief and outrage that issued from the napkin as Roscuro went on, on unfolding step by step his diabolical plan to bring the princess to darkness. End of the third book.